man, she's freaking good. Like, yeah. she has potential to be a freaking rock star. When is she going to be a rock star for us? Like, what is your plan with Susie? And I think it, 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 it goes back to more of an accountability of, you're the one that's going to make her great. We just want to know when. You're listening to the 2120 Podcast where two guys have one conversation about people and things that inspire us, things we've learned in business and in leadership, and things that entertain and amuse us. And we talk about it with you for 20 minutes. Now here's Matt and myself, Jim. All right. So what I like about our conversations most, most times is I, I learned something from you. Yeah. And it, likewise, I mean, that's what we do this for. Yeah, it's it's been fun. Like you'll you'll say something and I go, Oh my gosh, that's freaking genius. Or um you'll 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 tell me a different side of what's something that I just said and I see something differently because yeah. of uh, of that. Um but you were <laughs> you were talking about the crab mentality and how you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket and like they don't help each other. They just, they fight against each other. Yeah. Like you're not going anywhere. You're staying here with me. They and hold then, each other down. Yeah. And I've, I, I've never seen that. I and mean, we just watched a video and it's like, holy crap, it's freaking true. Like I, here's this big bucket of full of crabs and the one's trying to like move around and trying to jockey for position and get out. And like the other guy's like saying, nope, you're not going anywhere. Pulls it back to, down. I have to tell you, it's kind of disturbing to me. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's stupid crabs, but it's also it's it's in our stupid life too. It is, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. So you know, we we were just talking about um, um, anything from Hawkeye football and the excitement around big game this weekend, and and just but there's so many things when it what we're saying with this mentality of why, why is it that some people can't truly be happy for others, right? Or there are some people that can, and that that's rare and that's cool and it's great to see. But there is also, and I see it a lot in in um, the work that I do, working with organizational culture, is you can see the impact, uh, the devastating impact at times that conflict can have or that it's two people that uh, aren't getting along or there's animosity, there's jealousy, whatever it is, that I'm going to hold you back, Um we, re, we withhold information. Like there's power trips that happen. Uh, you know, and I, and I coach this to leaders all the time. I'm like, man, if you are not approachable, people aren't coming to tell you stuff. And then it's the important stuff that you need to know, like opportunities or things that we could do better. Um, but, but that crab mentality, it does sneak into the human life. I mean, it's, it, I think that's why we're drawn to, to things like that. And, and I think why for me, I say it's disturbing because I humanize that. Yeah. You know, I I am super proud of what you have built and what you're working towards and all those things. And um, that crab mentality is because of your success, I want that, and I'm not getting that. So I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, Jim, great job with that. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, like, this, like, why does he have this? <laughs> I mean, and that's not how I feel because I, I, I am proud of you, but that's the world we live in. It, it is. And, and listen, I mean – there, there are times when <laughs> uh, we've never talked about my business much, but and that, and I don't want to. Uh, but, but there's been times when you look around and you go, 
why are they getting it and I'm not? What is it that they're doing that I'm not, right? And you can have that. Or, or you look at somebody who's, who's uh, you know, maybe it's their a certain vehicle that they're driving like man someday someday you know i want to be able to do that or i want to have that freedom to take that vacation or whatever it is and uh but i think that drives people well it absolutely drives me yeah i, I think for i don't think it drives everybody actually. no i think there's i think there's ones that are driven by that because um why is he so good and then like you just start to dig and you start to ask questions. You start to get involved. And oh, you, they're the 20 year overnight success. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> you, you listen to them present and you go, holy crap. Like he just delivered a freaking amazing message. Like that's why he's good. You know, you start to see things like that, but there are ones that the level of entitlement kicks in and ugh, why is he so good? He's not that good. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just, you start to discredit the 20 years of blood, sweat and tears yeah you know, struggle, step, you know, you know, taking steps back, wanting to quit and, and still, you know, pushing through and doing that. Like you don't, you don't see that because a lot of the guys that are very successful and gals are super humble when it comes to that. They're, they're not going to tell you all these things. Like they're going to not fly under the radar, but they're just going to, they're going to work so damn hard. And then they start to climb and and it starts to pay off and, and work for them. Um, you know, Iowa football, number three in the nation. Like, there are some haters right now that say that we don't deserve to be there. And then you and I were talking this morning. It blows my mind that we're number three in the nation. Yeah. You know, when you have, and if it is Georgia and Alabama that are number one, number two, like, you look at it and go, man, like, they're powerhouses, and we're, like, number three right next right next to them. Um, you know, Iowa State has a very solid football team. Um, when Iowa State is playing Iowa, there is zero chance in hell I'm going to cheer for Iowa State, <laughs> exactly. right? Yeah. But when they play somebody else, I'm cheering sure. for Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at the, at the back, like, you know, good or bad, when they are winning, I still need to be because I'm an Iowan, proud of them winning the game and supporting them. Do you want to? Do I want to see my Hawks win more? Absolutely, I do. But I'm still going to support that team. But you know what's so cool? Just about. On, on that note real quick is when Iowa state is good and Iowa is good at the same time, it is great. It's good for everybody. It is. Yeah, it is good for everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that video is just, it's, it's very eye opening from the standpoint of, I would say it's a crab and, and <laughs> their brains are super tiny and like no one's, you don't have that leader crab that's going, all right guys, if we want to get out of this bucket, I need you three to do this. And like, they're all just like right. trying to figure out life <laughs> where, then you look at how that applies to to our business, to our life. We're so much more evolved than a stupid crab, but we do this we do this stupid crab thing, and sometimes we don't even know it. I mean, it, it's it's body language. It's you know, sure. it's just it's those things that you just don't think you're doing, but you're have you have that crab mentality when you're listening to someone, um, you know, and it happens in you know in business more than anything. Uh, I don't want to give you any more tools because you may get better than me and then I look bad. Mm-hmm. You start passing me up and that's that crab mentality where I'm just going to hold you back, hold you down just a little bit, you know, keep it going good so it looks like I'm doing a good job, you know, developing you and, 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 and you know, being your mentor, but you're only going to be at this level for the rest of your life because I'm never going to allow you to get out of the bucket. Oh my gosh. Like that's a, that's a leadership podcast right there. It is. Right. Instead of saying, I'm going to get you out of the bucket. How fast can we get you out of the bucket? I'm going to give you everything that I know and more, and I'm going to make you better than me. 
And if I'm your boss, if I'm the CEO of the company, there is zero chance I'm ever going to let that guy go or that gal go because you're developing people for me right now. Keep, keep doing that. Keep developing you and make that you better every yeah, time. And you've said it before, and I 100% agree. You'll never be without a job if you can develop people. However, yeah. right? Now, there, there is a, there's a, you know, but yeah, hang on here. Right? Uh, yeah, but when you're talking about the, the leader that, that has insecurity. Oh, yeah. The person that has insecurity, and I've got a rock star. Say I'm that person, right? I'm an insecure manager, leader, whatever it is. And I have a person that is on my team that has the talent to take my role. If I'm insecure, I'm not going to develop them because I'm threatened by it yep. because of the insecurity. I lack that confidence. It, it isn't a growth mindset. It's, it is a limited mindset. And so that leader on, or that talented person on the team is going to do one of two things. They're going to leapfrog me anyway because they're just that good and other people stand out and they see it. Or they're going to move on. That's, I mean, that's really the inevitable outcome there because they, they for sure aren't going to stay there unless they just get emotionally and mentally beat down. And, and you could have, like, I, I hope, I hope that I've never, ever, ever even come close to doing this. But what I was going to say is that leader could be so influential and could know how to manipulate a situation to, to keep that talented person insecure and lack confidence on their own. Like, no, hey, you're not ready for this. Someday you'll be ready. It's like that dangling of the carrot in front of them, right? Someday you'll be ready for this, but you're not ready now. What's really being said is you, the leader, aren't ready for them now. You are the, you're the problem. Yeah, I, you know, if I am the, the CEO, the, the boss, whatever, whatever you want to, the guy that's in charge, I'm, I'm having those conversations. Like it's part, this is going to be part of our culture. We're going to develop people and make Absolutely. them successful. That. Like, like that's, that's the, that's the, that's the mission statement that's on our wall. It says we're going to take people and make them great. Right. If you don't understand that, I haven't done my job putting you in the right position. Yeah. If you don't understand it and you're not executing on that, yep. you haven't done your job as the CEO. And then it comes back to me and you sitting in my office and I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, Jim, Susie, is she better than you? Mm. And you're going to say, well, no, she's not better than me. Okay. When will she be better than you? Like, what are you, what are you doing right now to make her better than you? Well, you know, I just, I mean, no, we put Susie in this role because we, we need her to be better than you. What are you doing? You know, how are you pouring into her every day to make sure that in a year, two years, five years, whatever that looks like, she passes you? Well, I don't want her to pass me. Yeah, that's the job. Do you think that uh, that conversation would ever be that honest where that person would say that? Like, no, I don't want her to pass me. I'm, well, they may not say it with words, but their body language may go, yeah, she's going to pass me. Like, and you just look at it and go, no, like you're not bought into that yet. In, I, I kind of think it's, it's going to be a little bit more of like, well, you know, Susie's got some real ability. You know, she's got some real potential. Uh, I'm working with her because I want to get her there. No, no, no. And, that's not what I asked. I asked, <laughs> I know, is she going to be better? The, like, yeah, no, that's, that's like, that's my, you know, <laughs> that conversation that I would love to have is no, it's, I don't, I don't. I don't want you to give me excuses. You just tell me when she's going to be better than you. And see what you're just, 
you're the kind of person that would press into that. Well, I, that's I, the crucial conversation. It is. And I think, you know, companies that want to be successful, they have to have that pressing conversation where you say, okay, like we hired this person. We saw great things in this person and either we completely, completely missed the mark on this one. And we just got bamboozled by this Susie and she's not as good as she, she truly is. We made a mistake. Then yeah. you, you can go down a different, a different path. But if you look in and go, man, she's freaking good. Like yeah. she has potential to be a freaking rock star. When is she going to be a rock star for us? Like, what is your plan with Susie? And I think it it it, it goes back to more of an accountability of you're the one that's going to make her great. We just want to know when and when how you know, how fast it's going to happen. And is it a year? All right, perfect. We'll sit back and we're we're gonna we're gonna watch. Yeah, and and it can be about the time, but it can also just be about like what's the progress? Like, yeah. I want to see that progress. <laughs> um sitting there thinking about Susie, let's say Susie is everything that we're making her out to be, right? But six months into the job, we see this steady decline. Now, a lot of companies are going to look at Susie as the problem. Oh, for sure. And not look at the manager as the problem, especially if that manager is known, liked, and trusted. They've been there for, you know, 10 years. Uh, They've got a good record, but maybe that manager is completely threatened by Susie, right? So what they're missing is looking at, at, do we have somebody knowingly or unknowingly or purposefully or unpurposefully, I don't know, holding her back? Yeah. Because Susie's now starting to disengage. She's like, you know, this was a great company those first few weeks. Man, I was on top of the world. I came with ideas. I was trying these new things. And every time I did that, they told me to not do that. Stay in my lane. Get back in your seat and just do your job. Six months in, Susie's the high-powered person. She's like, screw this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's better things for me. This isn't fun anymore. This is what I signed up for. It was, and, and, it, and then she feels like it was the whole bait and switch thing. Oh, yeah. like, that's the accidental element of culture that, that comes out if we're not paying attention to it, if we're not executing and holding accountability around that excellence of it. That's huge. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the, well, I, I get paid pretty well, and... I don't really have to do a whole lot and still get paid pretty well because nobody's going to challenge me. Nobody's going to push me. So I'll fly under the radar then. Comfort. You know, ease, yeah, and then it's just it, 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 your, your company just be, starts to become stagnant because nobody's growing at the level that, I mean, there's money coming in. So people are getting paid, but it's not growing at the level that it, that it, it could be growing at. Um, you know, I think that's the, that's the tough part. Um, you know, I had a thought in my head, but it kind of just it, it went somewhere else, but it's, Oh my gosh, like when you get assigned a person that you get to supervise, your number one job is to go, okay, I need to go find them. I need to go learn about them. I need to see who they are, what they're about. And it's now my job on day one to start pouring into them and, and, and make them better. Um, you know, you and I've talked about this. I wish I would have done that earlier in my career, found ways to just pour more into to people. But I was freaking stupid, stubborn. Like I wanted to be the number one guy. So like, I'm not going to give away my secret sauce. I'm just going to keep it to myself and do my own thing. And that's stupid. It, it hurt me. Like, uh, yeah. instead of looking at it and go, okay, I'm going to make this person better today. Now, like the best thing is when you pour into someone and you watch it click right in front of you. And it's like, they get it now. And they're now taking it, taking a step forward. Um, you know, it's, it's seeing them be successful and knowing that, you played a role in some of that success. Um, But man, like if you are physically pulling someone down just so they don't look better than you, you're failing as a leader. 
your company is failing because you're you're you have this opportunity that's so crucial in front of you and you're not truly unwrapping it to see its full potential. You're just you're just you're you're holding a tight grip on it and not letting it go. Uh, yeah. Um <clears throat> one of my favorite things to say and I mean it's it's fundamental to my coaching business is this is that if you want to achieve organizational excellence, you have to understand what makes each person on your team exceptional. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it starts there. You, you, you said it a minute ago, you, what makes them tick? What's the, what's their story? What are they all about? And, and so you can learn those things. Like if you know what they're passionate about, that's important. Uh, even if that passion isn't necessarily directly tied to the job, like, nah, I'm passionate about hiking. Well, wow. Maybe we can figure out how to tie that back to the job. I'm passionate about leadership. Cool. Let's learn more about that. But then you also understand what their experiences have been. What what great uh, mentors have they had? What great coaches? Um, you learn what their talents are. Um, you can use an assessment like Strings Finder or something just to understand them and then have a dialogue around it to go, whoa, I didn't know I was sitting in front of this kind of rock star. Like, look at you. You've got, uh, you've got Maximizer in your top five. Wow. So what does that mean when you read this? It looks, well, I've always known that I, I want to take things like to that top level. Like, I want to make things great. Mm-hmm. Whew. How do we tap into that here instead of being threatened by it or going, well, you know, as a cashier here at our store, we just need you to do these three things or these five things really, really well. And, you know, that that can that can come later. Well, man, if you say that to the to most people and and I know that's not part of who you are, but there are businesses that are doing that. You, you're just you're creating disengagement. Like, oh, for sure. You're just teaching them like Hey, get back down here with the rest of us crabs. <laughs> yeah, we're we're okay with being okay. We want you to be okay too. So just do the just do the bare minimum. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, you can smile at the customer if you want to, but you don't have to. Kind of mentality. So my, my thought came back. Um, great companies do exit interviews. Mm-hmm. Like we just lost somebody. We want to find out why. Okay, we we know why we terminated them. So we don't need to do an exit interview because they were stealing from us. That we know why. Sure. Yeah. Now. You have someone that is a one year, a you know, a five year, a ten year, you know, employee, and they they're they're leaving. Like you truly want to know why, um, you know. And an exit interview is great from a standpoint of um, it. Sometimes it isn't face to face. It's I'm going to send you an email. I want you to reply to it, and just you know, I want you to be honest. And you see, truly, like the the true colors come out. Do you read an exit interview that says, "I loved everything about this company." Um, these two guys poured into me all the time. Like because of them, I'm better in, in, in my life right now. I just had to, I picked a different opportunity and you look at it and go, man, like I think we did a really good job with this one. Or do you read it and go, they told me they had a great culture, but I saw things differently. Mm-hmm. They told me this was my job and I had the ownership of running it and being great at it, but they always took things back and they did it, they did it their, their way. They never let me be me in this store when they wanted me and they told me to be me. Like you just see truly a different side and you go, oh, we screwed up big time on this one. We held this person back. They clearly wanted more and we wouldn't give them more. So, so this is maybe a podcast topic for a different day, right? Sure. Cause yeah. I, I'm about to open Pandora's box, if you will. The narrative, right? Because here's the thing was I, when I was listening to you describe that exit interview, first of all, you've got to have a great exit interviewer. Sure. The, the person has to be skilled at it. They have to build trust. 
they have to like listen and and they're they're not there to defend the company they're not there to talk somebody out of it what they're what they're doing is is help us get better and that takes a genuine person to to portray that they have to actually believe it and if it's just another job function of that particular hr person and they're just going through the motions they're not going to get great answers but then the narrative piece also comes into is when somebody leaves what are we going to tell others and I had this conversation recently with somebody about the ability or the desire of companies to control narratives. It is a huge piece in our world right now, right? Because everything is on social media and we have glass door reviews. There's all these things like we have to control the narrative. We can't have bad PR, bad publicity to a degree. I will agree with that. Mm-hmm. We do want to, we do want to communicate correctly. And I think we should communicate honestly, but that also doesn't mean that we communicate with 100% transparency, okay? Because like we have to protect certain things. Also, I would never want to, I would never work for a business. I would never coach in a business that when you control the narrative, it's about making us look good, right? At the expense of the person that left, right? So we're not going to come back and create some false narrative about why they chose to leave or tell a story about how they missed their mark. And we're actually really glad that they left and woo hoo, look at us like, man, that I would fire that company immediately. Mm-hmm. So, but, but controlling that narrative is, is a huge thing. Um, well, I think, I think there's, I think it's great to control the narrative from the standpoint of we're going to be great with all our people. We're going to be great with all our customers we're going to give them all the tools that they need to be successful. We're going to do everything in our power to control that narrative so they don't want to leave. We're going to do everything in our power to control the narrative so customers don't think about going anywhere else because we are just we're so good with them. We're going to control it every single day. And if we do make a mistake, we made a mistake. But you know what I think when I when I hear that, like I think I get tripped on the word of controlling the narrative. Sure. Con- that controlling phrase. is Controlling is a tough word anyway to but, use, but I, but I know what you're saying. And so here's how I would express that back to you is, is what you are saying is we're holding ourselves accountable exactly. to the agreements 100%. and the commitments that we've made with each other. And if we are going to violate those agreements and commitments, we're going to attack that openly, honestly, Absolutely. and constructively, timely. Yeah, it's an easy fix. I yeah. mean, it really is. Like you be a good person and it rubs off. Yeah. You know, good people want to work for good people. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So so screw that crab mentality stuff. <laughs> that video was just insane. I just I did I didn't believe it until I saw it. Then I was like, holy crap, yep. Yeah. That yeah. that guy's not getting out of that bucket. No, that's true. All right, I'm Matt. And I'm Jim. We'll see you next time. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the 2120 podcast. Hey everyone, this is Jim. And Matt and I want to ask you for a favor. If you've gotten something out of these conversations, if you've been entertained, or maybe you've learned something valuable that will help you improve or your business improve, then the best way to pay us back is to like this podcast, give us a review, and let others know about it. And that will help fuel our fire to keep going and keep bringing you awesome content. We'll see you next time.